Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. Before we do get started, I do want to say this show is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners. And I particularly want to thank Val, Mirth, uh, Eric, Lisa, and uh, mailing us a donation, Constance. Thanks so much for your support. You can support the show at support.greatdetectives.net or by mailing in a donation to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. And be sure and include your uh, email address if you would like to receive access to the premium site. All right, well, now it's time for today's episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. The original air date, November the 17th, 1957. The title, The Shy Beneficiary Matter. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Pat McCracken, Johnny, over at Blue Judgment Bureau. Well, hi, Pat, what's new? This is new? Pat, every time you call me up, you've got a problem. What is it this time? Johnny, did you ever have any trouble getting rid of money? Getting rid of... Look, Pat, this is the thing I do best. Well, not so here. What do you mean? I got $25,000. I've been trying to give it away for two weeks, but I can't. Uh, just a minute. Let me take the phone. Huh? For a minute, I thought you said you were trying to give away $25,000 and couldn't. You heard me correctly. Boy, you have got a problem. I'll be right over. <laughs> Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. And now, Act One of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Home Office Universal Adjustment Bureau, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the shy beneficiary matter. Expense account item one, a dollar twenty for a cab from my apartment to the offices of Universal Adjustment, where Pat was waiting for me, looking very snide. Oh, this is a real twist, Johnny. Usually, beneficiaries are beating down my door to collect. This one is playing at real cost. What's the deal, Pat? Oh, it starts out real simple. Two weeks ago, a Miss Helen Gazeworth died. Huh? Insured for 25000 Beneficiary, a man named Elijah Summers. So? Yeah, that's where my trouble starts. No Elijah. Can't locate? Can't locate. No trace whatsoever. Well, what have you done so far? Well, the usual, Johnny. We've checked death lists, advertised in the newspapers. All I've come up with is nothing. Where did you advertise? New York. That's where Miss Gazeworth lives. Uh huh. Do you have any relatives? None, as far as we can determine. Any idea who this Elijah Summers is, or why she picked him as beneficiary? Well, the only lead we've got is something Miss Gazeworth's landlady told us. Oh, what's that? Well, apparently this Miss Gazeworth was something of, uh, well, an eccentric. Lived alone in a dingy apartment, felt that the world was pretty much against her. Oh. All except Elijah Summers. Landlady heard her mention him once or twice. It seems he's been nice to her sometime in the past. How? That I don't know. Neither does the landlady. 
Does he have any idea where he could be, what he's doing, if he's even alive? No. But if he is, he's entitled to 25,000 bucks, so we've got to find him. Hey, you know, you don't have much to go on, Pat. <laughs> Correction, Johnny? You mean you don't have anything to go on? Expense account item two, $36 even. Transportation and incidentals to New York City. I saw the landlady. Miss Gaysworth had moved in six months ago from somewhere a few blocks away. Three hours later, I'd located the somewhere a few blocks away. There, I learned only that she'd, yep, moved in from somewhere else a few blocks away. Gradually, however, a picture arose before my mind of a sweet little old lady drifting from place to place alone, and, well, I felt sorry for her. I also felt sorry for me, because nobody along the line had ever heard of Elijah Summers. Finally, I turned up her first landlady in New York. She remembered Miss Gaysworth mentioning something about having come from San Francisco. She thought. Item three, $167.20, plain fare and incidentals to San Francisco. Item four, nine dollars and a half newspaper ads in the San Francisco papers. Frankly, I wasn't very optimistic, but that's where I was wrong, because the very first day I got results. The results, incidentally, were blonde with brown eyes. Mr. Dollar? Yeah. I'm Janet Blake. May I come in? Oh, I sure. Thank you. What can I do for you, Miss Blake? You're the one who ran the ad about uh, Elijah Summers. Yeah, that's right. Has he answered it? Not yet. Do you have any idea where he is? No, none at all. That's why I advertise. Look, are you related to Mr. Summers? No. I'm a, uh, a friend of his. Well, have you any idea where he might be, Miss Blake? Have you ever heard of a little town called South Fork, California? No. It's on the Yuba River, up in the Sierras. In what used to be some of the gold rush country. You think Elijah Summers might be up there? Maybe. What makes you think so? Just call it a hunch, Mr. Dollar. Just a hunch. Item 5, 2750. A rented car to take me to the town of South Fork. There was just enough inhabitants to keep it from being called a ghost town, a collection of ramshackle buildings at a fork in the river hemmed in all around by the mountain ranges. I looked up the local law, a big, beefy, slow-talking deputy sheriff named Rollins. Elijah Summers? Yeah, that's right. I'm looking for him. Who's I? My name's Dollar, Johnny Dollar, insurance investigator. Looking for Elijah Summers, huh? That's the general idea, yeah. Well, good luck, Dollar. What do you mean? I'll tell you. You find Elijah, you let me know, huh? Okay. What? He's wanted for murder. Act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. Our flag now numbers 50 stars, and behind each star there stands yet another flag, representing one of the 50 states. Rhode Island state flag is white with an anchor, first used as a colony symbol in 1647. The motto hope was added in 1664 when the government was organized under a charter from King Charles II. A circle of 13 gold stars were added for the original 13 colonies. This is the flag of a unique colony and state which carried out a most noble experiment in freedom. The Royal Charter of 1663 reads, to hold forth a lively experiment that a most flourishing state may stand and best be maintained with full liberty and religious concernment. Rhode Island state flag the flag of the 13th state to enter the Union 
was adopted on May 19, 1897. And now, Act Two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Shy Beneficiary Matters. Now I knew why Elijah Summers was so hard to locate. After all, a man who's wanted for murder isn't exactly going to make himself conspicuous. How come you want to find Elijah Dollar? He's a beneficiary of a life insurance policy share of $25,000. I'm afraid the dough's not going to do him much good. Maybe not. Oh, sure, he's got to be brought in, tried, and convicted, but I figure that's largely a question of time. When did this uh, killing take place, Sheriff? Last year. Here in South Fork? A ranch about three, four miles east of here. At just Tyler's place. Is Tyler the one who was killed? Yeah. Well, what happened? Well, Sir Elijah always was a funny old duck. Guess Tyler kept him around the place a couple years, sort of a hired hand. I see. Now, from what we could piece together, Elijah and Jess got in an argument about some work Elijah wasn't doing very good. Elijah went plumb crazy, shot Jess, and took off in the hills. I see. Jess's widow took it pretty hard for the better part of a year. I guess it was Ben Watts finally pulled her out of it. He was married just a month ago. Oh? She and Ben are living on the ranch. Straight out of town to the east, up on a rise. Okay. Can't miss it. Figure I'm going out there. Yeah, I thought I might. You any idea where Elijah might have gone? Matter of fact, I got a pretty good idea. Yeah? Over the next range of mountains is a place called Tough Luck Canyon. A couple of hermits in there panning gold. Gold? Well, they get maybe three, four bucks worth a day. Enough to live on. Now, I've got me a hunch Elijah's hold up somewhere in there. Have you been up there after him? Two, three times. Well? He's got to be careful. That Elijah's a mean shot with a 30-30. Yes, Tyler found that out. Besides, there's lots of places up in there for man to hide. Uh-huh. So you've given up on him? Dollar, I don't give up on no man. Elijah stays up there long enough, he's going to get careless. One of these times I go up there, I'll get him. I got into my car and drove out to the Tyler Ranch where his widow Clara and her new husband Ben Watts were living. They were expecting me. Sheriff Rollins phoned that you were coming, Mr. Dollar. I doubt if there's much we can add to what he's already told you about Elijah and the killing. Well, I'm sure you don't enjoy talking about it, Mrs. Watts, but I... Uh... I don't mind anymore, Mr. Dollar. Time has a way of taking care of most things. Of course, I still can't help feeling sort of bitter about Elijah. But I also can't help feeling sorry for him. Yeah, sure, I understand. I, uh, I gather that Mr. Tyler always treated Elijah pretty well. Yes, he did. It kept him around here when it really didn't pay to. Uh-huh. Then how could Elijah turn on him that way? Elijah was always pretty unpredictable, I guess. No one really knows what the argument was about. Mr. Watts, how would I get to Tough Luck Canyon? You? You mean you're going after Elijah? I'd like to try. I don't think that's a very good idea, Mr. Dollar. Probably not. But why not? Could be dangerous for you. Maybe. And why do it? My job. Hmm. I've been thinking about Elijah a lot lately. An old man like that somewhere up in that canyon out in the open. And a cold. It just isn't right. Yeah, well, uh, anyway, how do I get there? Uh, as the road takes off a mile or so from here, you'll see it marked. Winds up through the mountains to about three hours' hike from Tough Luck Canyon. 
Okay, thanks. Uh, just one thing, Mr. Dollar. This Elijah, he's a good shot. I know. Yeah, so do I. Put a 30-30 slug in my shoulder once. When was that? Night of the killing. I was living on the next ranch over at the time. I was one of them that took off after him. He winged me from 200 yards. Oh. I tell you for a fact, Mr. Dollar, he can shoot fast, he can shoot straight. With those cheerful words from Ben Watts ringing in my ear, I drove back to town. Item six, $35.40 for some camping equipment. I figured I'd be spending a couple of nights out in the open. I found the so-called road they told me about. Finally, it just sort of petered out among the trees and rocks up near the timberline. I started hoofing it. Three hours later, I was over the ridge and working my way down the western slope of Tough Luck Canyon. Suddenly, I stopped. Yeah, somebody was training me. I crouched behind some brush and waited. Then I run. Hey, wait a minute. You're the girl who answered my ad about Elijah in San Francisco. Mr. Dollar. Janet. Janet Blake, isn't it? Well, I'm afraid I lied to you about my name, Mr. Dollar. Really, Janet Tyler. Tyler? Just Tyler, the man Elijah killed. He was my father. Well, what are you doing here? Decide to take the law into your own hands, maybe? You don't understand. I don't want to harm Elijah, but he must be found and brought back. Well, I'm with you there. Then stay with me, because I think I can lead you to him. Look, Janet, we're nearly at the upper end of this tent. Now, what makes you think Elijah's around this neck of the woods? Well, years ago, Elijah brought me up here. There's a little pocket in the rocks. It's almost a cave. Yeah. He likes it. Said it was his place. I recognize the landmark. Get down. Well, Janet, looks like we finally located Elijah. The hard way. Act three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. It is a very well-known fact that symbols are important to men everywhere. Whether they be symbols of country, religion, or honor... They're a cherished part of the culture and tradition of all people. As in almost all countries of the world, the people of Spain are very religious. And in the Spanish town of Vendrell, the people were having difficulty with a symbol. A 300-pound angel sitting on top of a 150-foot church steeple. The angel had been there since 1784 and needed repairs to keep it from falling down on the heads of the parishioners. But 150 feet is a long way up, and 300 pounds are a lot of weight to bring down. Now, there was a great deal of head-scratching over the problem, until someone casually mentioned the problem to someone else who happened to be stationed at the United States Air Force Base in Zaragoza, Spain. It wasn't long before visions of a helicopter came to mind. Because Americans like to help other people everywhere, the Air Force Whirlybird lifted the angel from the church steeple, brought it down for repairs, and later returned it to its perch. 
So grateful were the people of Vendrell for this act of friendly cooperation that they held a mass celebration of American Day to show their appreciation. Television and newsreels carried the story of kindness. So did the newspapers and magazines throughout Spain. This gesture on the part of the United States Air Force created a new symbol, a symbol of friendship and understanding. It became a symbol of freedom, the right of all men everywhere. And now, Act Three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Shy Beneficiary Matters. Yeah, we'd found Elijah Summers, all right. He was somewhere in the rocks above us there in Tough Luck Canyon. And I knew the minute Janet and I poked our heads up, we'd collect a slug. He had us pinned down, but good. Johnny, you think maybe it's... Stay down. Now, look, Janet. I still don't understand why you were so anxious to find Elijah. Johnny, you've heard him shooting at us. Yeah, you're right. What kind of shots do they sound like? Right. Matter of fact, a small caliber, right? A twenty-two, maybe? Like this? Where'd you get that twenty-two slot? This came from Elijah's gun the night my father was killed. But he was killed. Hey, wait a minute. That's why I want to talk to Elijah. That's a good idea, and so do I, but how? I think you'll still remember my voice. Let me try. Okay, but be careful. Elijah? Elijah? Who's that? Janet. Yeah, go on. It's Janet, Elijah. Janet Tyler. That's right. Who's up with... Dollar, Elijah. Johnny Dollar. I want to talk to you. I'm your friend. I know you don't. Please, Elijah. He's telling you the truth. We don't want to hurt you, but we must talk to you. That's the truth, Miss Janet? Yes, you know I've never lied to you. You there. Dollar. You got a gun? Yes. Toss it out in the open or I see it. Well, if we've guessed wrong about Elijah, we're dead. I just know I'm not wrong about him. I sure hope not. Okay, here it is. Now stand up and come out in the open. Okay. Elijah. Hello, Miss Janet. Oh. Elijah, you look terrible. Have you been up here all this time living like, living like an animal? Oh, don't you worry about me, Nuna. I've been getting along pretty good up here. By the looks of you, you haven't been getting much food. Uh, enough to keep my eyes sharp, mister. Oh, I see that deputy sheriff fella come poking around here time or two. He didn't even come close. And if he had a... <laughs> I could have potted him easy with it. That's what I wanted to talk to you about, Elijah. That rifle of yours. It's a good one, Miss Janet. I remember when you gave me it two or three years ago for the grounds crew. Elijah, have you ever had any other rifle besides that twenty-two? Nope. You're sure about that? Of course I'm sure. You see, <laughs> I've took good care of it, too. I kept it clean and polished. Ah, uh, Yeah. Look now, Elijah. Have you ever used any other rifle besides that one? Nope. Janet, your father was killed with a thirty thirty. I know, Janet. That twenty two slug you showed me a while ago. You said you got it the night your father was killed, that it came from Elijah's gun. I saw someone cry this slug out of his own shoulder the night of the killing. 
He threw it away. He didn't notice I was watching. Later, I heard him tell it around he'd been hit with a 30-30 slug. You mean your stepfather, Ben Watts? I was confused at first. I didn't understand. Then it came to me. Ben Watts was the one who'd killed my father. Elijah, Elijah was probably trying to protect Dad and shot Ben with his twenty-two. Yes, there was a big fight, Miss Janet. I, I don't just remember what all happened, except all of a sudden they was chasing me. I, I run. Sure. Ben figured he could pin the killing on somebody like Elijah who wouldn't have a chance proving his innocence. Elijah, have you seen Ben since you ran away? I oh, sure. Oh, Ben's come poking around here, too, every so often. But I'm too smart for him. Yeah, sure, it figures, Janet. Elijah's a threat to Ben as long as he's alive. So Ben comes hunting up here every now and then. It's horrible. Well, of course, I've got to be real careful, because I only got a twenty-two, and he's got a thirty-thirty. But he'll never get old Elijah. Believe you me, he won't get old. hot. Elijah! Get down and keep quiet. The shot had come from a clump of rocks more than 100 yards away. I scooped up my automatic where I'd thrown it on the ground and started circling slowly, trying to get around behind the clump of rock. I'd almost made it when my foot slipped and sent a rock down the slope. He popped up then, ready to shoot, but lucky for me, his first look was toward the rock instead of me. He saw his mistake swinging his rifle toward me, but he was too late. Johnny! Johnny! Yeah, right here, Janet. How's Elijah? Shoulder. He's all right, though. Johnny. Yeah. It's Ben Watts, all right. Is he? Is he still alive? Oh, yeah. He'll keep. Long enough. Mm-hmm. Expense account total, $410 even. Remarks? Well, I turned Ben Watts over to the local law. And I helped old Elijah fill out his claim for the $25,000 insurance money Miss Gaysworth had left him. It ought to keep him real comfortable for the rest of his life. You know, Pat... Once in a while, I get the feeling that this job of mine is worthwhile after all. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Our star will return in just a moment. Our flag now numbers 50 stars. And behind each star, there stands yet another flag representing one of the 50 states. Alabama's state flag is white with a crimson cross of St. Andrew, the symbol of the Confederacy and the national flag of Scotland. Alabama's state capital, Montgomery, served as the first capital of the Confederacy, and it was on the steps of its capital building that Jefferson Davis took the oath of office as president of the Confederated States of America. The Scottish cross is in the form of an X, or saltier, and is also found on the state flags of Georgia and Mississippi. Perhaps it is the independent, rugged spirit of the Scots that recommended its national symbol to the Confederacy as a symbol of its rebellion. Alabama's state flag, the flag of the 22nd state to enter the Union, was adopted on February 16, 1895. Now, here is our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week, the most cockeyed case I ever worked on. Not one of life, but death insurance. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, originates in Hollywood. Written by Robert Rice, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. 
Heard in our cast were Virginia Gregg, Jeanette Nolan, Larry Dobkin, Jack Crucian, Russell Thorson, and Howard McNear. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is Dan Coverly speaking. Welcome back. Well, normally I wouldn't call it a detective show on a uh, continuity error, but since Johnny Dollar does pride itself on this, this is set up like uh, for Johnny, it's a surprise to deal with a beneficiary who can't be found. And he's actually dealt with, and I can just recalling from memory, the Broderick matter and the Royal Street matter, which involved a missing beneficiary in one case and a reluctant beneficiary in another. Other than that, though, a good episode. Though I do wonder on the uh, ability to pretend you were winged with a 30-30 versus a 22. But to me, the fact that the stepfather said both that he was winged and that the man they were looking for was a dead shot was, to me, a proof of his uh, innocence, or at least very suggestive. All right, well, now to listener comments and feedback. And on Facebook, uh, Val writes in, Hello, my donation is on its way. You know much how much I value and love your podcast. After all, it's how I met Johnny Dollar. Uh, Well, thanks so much. Do appreciate the support. Uh, Eric comments, uh, love the podcast and also the commentary. I like the history of the shows and the actors. Um, Mirth writes in, I love your show. It gives me great pleasures. Uh, Thanks for continuing to do it. Uh, and then we also have a note from Constance who says, Adam, uh, thank you for hours of enjoyment. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you so much for your support. Appreciate everybody who gave to our listener support campaign, whether they were repeat donors like Mirth and Val or those who were uh, donating for the first time. Uh, it really is appreciated and helps uh, make it so that I can bring these uh, programs to you. We have a comment from Dee, and I apologize. I've been meaning to get to this for a couple weeks, but I keep forgetting. Uh, she wrote... Uh, Thanks so much for the new uh, Bob Bailey episodes. You're the best. I wish someone would animate the episodes. Maybe a Kickstarter? Uh, it's an interesting idea. Um, there is actually a DVD out where someone took the suspense play, the, I believe it was The Hitchhiker with uh, Orson Welles, and they did it as a DVD, uh, did the full episode. And you, if you go on YouTube, you'll also find partially animated clips of a lot of uh, programs. Uh, Lum and Abner, and even some of the more uh, modern uh, programs, such as the Doctor Who audio drama. Um, it definitely would be an interesting project. My big observation on what I've seen is not all, it definitely requires skilled animation to do it correctly. Uh, but it would require, um, probably some musical and sound design expertise. Because if you keep with, say, the original soundtrack and score of an old time radio program, it gives very little time for visual, uh, transition. So it doesn't look right for a visual purpose. And you'll notice that, too, back when we played uh, the Big Lamp TV soundtrack. Even though you could mostly tell what was going on, there were a few uh, extra gaps of silence we heard on the TV soundtrack that you wouldn't have heard on the radio program itself. And remember, they started from a radio script. 
So it'd be a lot of work, but if somebody had a Kickstarter and they had the talent, it certainly would be uh, interesting to see. Also received a tweet from Justin uh, who says, uh, uh, Bob Bailey sounds different in the newer episodes of Johnny Dollar. Um, the reason, I think, for difference in sound is we did have a few episodes with uh, lower quality source material. And so you will hear that. Um, but that's, that's generally just going to be the quality of the source material. Bailey's voice itself, uh, shouldn't change. Then, uh, we have a couple comments from, uh, Bobby and Paul. Bobby says, I could not start my Saturday mornings without Johnny. Uh, he's fun. And Paul says he's fun to listen to when you keep the time frame involved as it gives a perspective of life back then. Well, thanks so much, and it's uh, very uh, uh, interesting to hear Saturday mornings because I've kind of gotten used to the fact that a lot of people don't listen to the shows on the days I upload them. In Johnny Dollar's case, of course, it's Friday, but I uh, appreciate uh, your comments. Now we have a couple comments on the oldies. Um, Joe emails in, just listen to the Blooming Blossom Matter. It was great to hear Floyd the Bout. Uh, the barber, Howard McNear in the episode, even if he was the villain. Definitely a different role uh, than what he played on Andy Griffith. Uh, thanks for the great work and keep the Johnny Dollar episodes coming. Well, thanks so much, Joe. And it really is interesting. Howard McNear, we've heard him on so many detective uh, drama episodes, primarily episodes of Johnny Dollar and the lineup, but also let George do it. And uh, radio allowed him to play a range of characters. And you were a character actor. You could just do so much and be so many different types of people. Uh, it is definitely different in the DV medium, which tends to uh, uh, topcast people. But yeah, this is a different look at uh, Howard McNear's repertoire. And we heard a little bit of that since he was in uh, today's episode, too. Finally, we have a tweet from Carl on another old episode. Listen to the Lamar matter, and my heart broke for Johnny Dollar. In matters of love, uh, he leads with his heart. Ha ha. Well, thanks so much. And I definitely agreed. I think that uh, Bob Bailey at the end of that episode really did. Uh, you could really feel the emotion that he put into that. And um, I, I think that uh, I actually did include that uh as an illustration for uh, one of my uh, life lessons on in the Johnny Dollar section of All I Needed to Know I Learned from Dragnet. So, definitely left an impression on me. All right, well, that will do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow with Dragnet. And then uh, be sure and listen again next Friday for another episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.